Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening to By Association. It's uh, Sunday morning, the 15th of May. Um, and uh, in th- the tradition of the new By Association, uh, I am having conversations with uh, interesting and creative individuals. Um, and for this session, uh, I thought it'd be nice to uh, have a go with uh, Emma Hooper who I've uh, had the privilege of working with at uh, CitizenM over the past few years, year or two. So uh, welcome, Emma. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice to be here. Um, Yeah, it's nice to work with you, Mo, and it's also nice to do these these kind of things outside of work as well. So it's, yeah. Yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome. I think it's very important for people to know who Emma is. Uh, I, I guess they'll get they'll, they'll get to know you throughout the podcast today, but I think it's nice to get a short introduction of who you are, what you do, uh, and, uh, and what makes you interesting for me to invite you to the podcast. <laughs> sure. Um, so, yeah, as Mo said, I work together with you at um, M, and I'm freelance, so my background is mostly communications. I've mostly worked in PR, lots of copywriting. I trained as a journalist and lived in London for 10 years and have recently, over the last two years, moved to Amsterdam. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, now based in the Netherlands, doing my own thing, which is pretty nice. I really enjoy the variety of clients that I get to work with. Um, so Citizen M is my main client and I work in the brand team with Maurice. And yeah, mostly working on social projects, lots of creative branding stuff. Lots of yeah. fun things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, I work uh, with a few different startups, doing some communications projects. Um, and yeah, I do a bit of copywriting as well. And aside from that, I do a bit of sub-editing for the Sunday Times. So I'm doing all nice. kinds of com- communications. Yeah. Creative <laughs> communications, right? That's important. Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. me. Oh, perfect. No, so... So I guess the difference between this show and pre- previous shows with Ali and Saman would be that uh, we're going to kind of review the past week and, and things that have happened and, and maybe touch upon some other subjects. And, um, you know, if this plays out right and we can work out our timings, we'll try and do this a bit more often on a weekly or biweekly basis. So we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. So today, I think today we're definitely going to be talking about Elon and his ongoing Twitter drama. So we'll go into that. Uh, another drama, which is Netflix, of course, is another piece that we're going to have a discussion about. Uh, the Met Gala that that happened, I believe it was last week. But I think there's just so much news out of that. I really want to touch upon that and talk about, you know, the Met Gala and certain elements of it from the past, present and, and possibly future. Um, we're also going to talk about Emma's love for, uh, for a special person, uh, Princess Diana. And I think that's just a beautiful <laughs> subject to touch upon on the first podcast together. Um, the Queen of Hearts, right? Yeah, uh, was the Queen her name? of my heart, I think. The Queen of your else. heart? Exactly, exactly. Or will exactly. be by the end of this. <laughs> will yeah. be, will be, will be. <laughs> but, uh, but, I'd, but I'd like to start by just saying, you know, how was your, how was your week? Last week, this past week. Yeah, good, good. I know, like we're working on some really exciting stuff at Citizen M. So I know you're going to LA next week, right? For yeah, the yeah. for the project. Yeah, correct. Um, yeah. Super nice. We're working with some really interesting, creative people, and that's what I really love about my job as well. Is like the personal connections and the the relationships mm-hmm. that I can build through things that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's been really nice. I came back from London on Tuesday. It's been beautiful weather here in Amsterdam. Um, yep, yep. Like everything's opening up. I went to a couple exactly. of events last week, which has been quite fun. Very packed, you know. Um, so it's nice to see that the world is a bit more alive again, I think. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, no, definitely. No, no, no. My past week, yeah. I would say, yeah, I was working on Citizen M together with you on these projects, <laughs> getting, getting prepped for my trip next week. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, also going to London on Monday, uh, because of, you know, the world opening up, we're really, you know, we're going to be opening up our rooftop bars at, at, at locations like New York, Miami, London. So I'm going to London to really focus on, and, and, and we're working with a partner there to really uh, create a really nice concept for our rooftop bar at our Tower of London property. So it's really just coming together, you know, you know, it's so funny. It's like we did online meetings for for years for two years but it just nothing beats the in-person kind of brainstorming session right 
Yeah, I th- it's exactly what I was saying, like about having, I don't know, like just this human element to what we do is so mm-hmm. important. So to not have that is very strange, but obviously you shift, but then to have it back, I, I think you appreciate it a lot more, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. 100% on that. Cool. Um, yeah. So let's just start. And, and, and I want to start by really by, by, by just having a quick mention of, of I think, something um, which is going to be discontinued, the iPod. I think it's just, you know, an iconic, that was one of the most iconic um, 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 products in, in, in our lifetime. Um, I don't know how old you were when 20 years ago, I think maybe you were one or two years old, probably, Emma. <laughs> Um, <laughs> about, uh, about 11 years old, actually. Yeah, yeah. 11 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, it says enough about our age. I was 12. <laughs> no, was I 12? No, wait. No, I can't even calculate. I was 22. Sorry, I can't even calculate. Yeah. Uh, I was 22. Um, so, yeah, no, so that's being discontinued uh, while supplies last. And I think, you know, I, in my mind, I have that iconic um, a keynote speech by Steve Jobs when he, you know, had the first iPod in his, in that little pocket in his jeans saying you know a thousand songs or how many songs it was ten thousand hundred thousand songs in your pocket right here that was just an iconic thing and people are like what is that possible so yeah i think it was it's nice to just mention that and say it's a shame it's leaving us but i i completely understand it because yeah i mean ipod lives on in all their products right so yeah so that's a good thing to mention yeah yeah I mean, we were talking before about like about this briefly and my first memories are very much like the iPod being affiliated with music videos, like uh, 50 Cent, I remember had it, they've done tons of different collaborations and really made it quite a unique, almost like a fashion item as well. It's very customizable. And then now it's just totally been replaced by that phone, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's yeah, no yeah, real yeah. reason to invest in anything further i don't feel but yeah i think you know walking around with two devices in your hands aren't really yeah it feels very like 90s cd (laughs) disc man scenario right it's it's exactly the same as that and then a flip flip phone in your other hand you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly yeah i think like times have moved on although it's it'll be an amazing thing to look back on can you imagine in years time it'll be like I, th- I think I've, I saw an article saying about how they were being put into museums already, like technology mm-hmm. museums, which is quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and there well, have been just... so many types, right? There's like the yeah, thin, yeah. white, tall mm-hmm. one, then the the huge, chunky one, the first one that ever yeah. came out. Yeah. Um, and now, and then and they've and got now smaller, just... different shapes. Yeah. yeah. And now it just looks like your iPhone. So it's something which I'm thinking, you know, it's, it's, it makes no sense anymore. Uh, currently how it yeah. Looks like, so. And that's yeah, what crazy. I'm, that's what I'm thinking as well. Like the, before it was such like a unique shape style design and mm-hmm. not like that anymore. It's, no, it's exactly no. the same as what we all have. So exactly, exactly. We, that. we have, we have music with us and all the, on all the, in our iPad and our, in our laptops everywhere. So it's not really, new. but yeah. I think going from one iconic product to maybe an iconic person, I think that is definitely going to shape our history books, uh, uh, Elon and his Twitter drama. So it never, you know, I, so on Friday, you know, Elon tweeted a Twitter deal temporarily on hold pending details supporting calculation that spam slash fake accounts do indeed represent less than 5% of the users. Um, so that came out, but then he quickly said right after that, uh, came with the, with, with the tweet still committed to acquisition. So, you know, to be clear that he's still going to be purchasing there. Then, then, then yesterday, funny enough, um, he came with another tweet to find out my team will do random sample of a hundred followers of at Twitter. Uh, I invite others to repeat the same process and see what they discover. And then, uh, an hour later, the bots are, ang- are, are angry at being counted. So it's just kind of just right? he's playing a game. He's I mean, playing if, a game, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's playing a bit of a game with this. Like, I understand. Obviously, you know, it's a, it's a obviously a huge investment for him. It's an interesting topic, but I feel like he's he's riding some waves a little bit and, and making a bit of motion and bringing a bit yeah. of hype to the whole scenario. And that's yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Maybe he's trying to get it for, 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 for a bit less amount than he first said. I mean, yeah. if you look at it, I mean, when he tweeted this, and this is just Mark manipulation to the max, but we know Elon, Elon does that. That's what he's, I mean, he basically is that. I just find it funny how he's not being, you know, targeted by governments. He's smart, you know. right? He's he, smart. Kn- he knows what he's doing, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it went, you know, so when his tweet went on May 13th, the stock price of Twitter dropped from 45 dollars to 40 dollars so 10 percent drop and it's still stuck around the 40 so it's so it's just crazy i find yeah it's insane it's crazy that someone has that much power over something so powerful itself like twitter Mm -hmm. is such a a huge media way of way of communicating and i think that's obviously why he's looking into it there's a lot of power that goes with that but He's definitely flexing his power with this, I think, as well. Yeah. And what you're thinking, um, uh, yeah, what you're thinking, I mean, you know, he he's even now announced that, you know, once he comes in power, Donald Trump is going to be allowed back on. It was a stupid idea to ban Donald Trump. And, you know, I guess the question is, you know, is Twitter, in your mind, a platform where everybody should be able to say what they want or should it be because it's because it's a difficult run right you talk about free speech on the one hand but on the other hand you don't want to insinuate hate and you know the one person might say donald trump wasn't doing that whilst most of us do think so um you know it was pure hate speech what he did so i mean what yeah what do you think should it be completely open or still regulated to yeah it's it's a very difficult topic but one of the things that we were always like, but like I studied journalism and we were always talking about ethical journalism and who should have a voice and why. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that someone's studied and become and got like a more of a professional background in this. Does that mean to say that they have more of a voice? Then the integration of the internet with social media and all those mm-hmm. advances really became something where everyone had a platform. And obviously there's a good part to that where people have their own voice. You know, you have celebrities who want to get their own real story out there. That's great for them. You also have people have freedom of speech, but on a bigger platform. But then also it, it brings on a lot of prospect for fake news, right? Or or difficult um, opposing opinions. And is that a healthy thing to encourage that? Or is it a little bit of a difficult, um, uncertain thing that you shouldn't really give that much of a platform to. So it's a really Mm -hmm. interesting argument. Um, And I think Twitter being very much based on speech and text as a social channel is is quite an interesting aspect of that because it's purely what you say, not what you show as such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, I I don't know, there's... There's, there's for and against for this, but I think yeah. overall it gives a lot more of a platform. And, you know, if you see something on these channels, you're not necessarily, no one holds a gun to your head and makes you believe it. But then should we, I don't know, should we be subjected to that as, as individuals? And Yeah, I guess, you know, I guess that's the difference. I mean, Twitter... You know, you select who you follow. It depends kind of how they're going to change the algorithm, right? So I guess, you know, mm. if you take the likes of Donald Trump, that reaction of Twitter after the uh, January 6th, um, you know, was basically a, a reactive. It wasn't a, pro, a proactive approach. It was a reactive approach. So for me, it was kind of like, yeah, it's great you're doing this now, but you should have done it maybe, you know, uh, years ago when he was already insinuating, uh, yeah. uh, you know, putting people against each other. So for me, it was kind of like, it's great you threw him off, but, you know, what's the use of it now, right? Because he's already done the damage. So for me, it's it's a case where, you know, I think the likes of Facebook are, might be more dangerous than Twitter. And what I mean by that is, is Twitter, you know, I can follow Donald Trump and I can see what he says. And therefore, I can also still react to it. And I can still have those conversations with um, people who might support him because <laughs> I see what he's saying. Whilst if you look at Facebook, it's all really built around what you like. So therefore, you're going to see that world that you're kind of focused on. So, you know, if you are a, you know, someone who's very right winged and pro Donald Trump and really, you know, pro guns and just all, you know, and also with the Roe v. Wade, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, anti-abortion, whatever, um, that's the world you're going to see. But I don't see that. I don't see that that person is going to be engulfed, you know, engulfed in that world because my world, my Facebook world or whatever, my Instagram world is a completely different 
different different world than that so I mean, allowing people to say what they want on Twitter, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's a choice you have to make. Are you going to make it completely open and say, this is just a, basically a message board where everybody can say what they want? And yes, mm. if you say certain things that are, you know, uh, uh, racist or, you know, uh, yeah, then you get banned for X amount of time. But, you know, if you just are saying your opinion, that isn't, you know, that isn't insinuate or doesn't, you know, hold certain words or, or whatever, yeah, then... I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. You know, I just think it was Twitter was a bit late to the game by banning. I just, you know, for me, it just was like, you know, the, yeah, the, the damage was done already in a way. Yeah, I do agree. I definitely agree. But I think, yeah, it gives, it gives so many people a voice, but then don't mm -hmm. we have that anyway? It's just on a larger scale, right? And a more yeah. public open scale. Um, well, you like you say, people. the damage was already done. Right. Yeah. It was already there. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. And it also brings a lot of discussion around it as well, because when that happened, then it becomes a little bit more of a even further conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. People are saying, wow, this authority of Twitter have taken this stance to yeah. go to that stage. You know, No, it was it was. But, it, but for me, it would have been much more effective if, they, if they'd done it before. <laughs> with the mm. amount of tweets he did before that was already damaging and, you know, insulting and so on. So, you yeah. know, it was, all, it was purely peer pressure, right, for Twitter. They wouldn't have done it if they didn't get that peer pressure. So, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, so, so we're seeing the Twitter drama and, 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 you know, and the price and all that. And I think, you know, you look at Elon and his, and his Tesla shares also slowly dropping. I'm curious when it's going to drop. It's, it's, you know, for me, it's, you know, the past month it was down by 23, then 35 since the start of the year. Uh, I mean, if you bought it five years ago, you're still, you know, you're still uh, uh, flying first class because, you know, those, <laughs> the, 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 you know, to, to about five years ago, it's up a thousand percent. But, you know, I'm curious what effect his, this whole Twitter kind of drama will affect the Tesla price and if it will ever, you know, I'm, I'm curious, you know, you, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. Where's, where's yeah. it going to go? What do you think he's going to do? What do you think is the next step in the, in, the, in the Elon Twitter drama? What do you think is going to happen? I don't know. I think anything's possible with him, right? He's very mm -hmm. smart. Um, yeah. He's got to where he's got through being very smart and also moving in the right ways. I feel like he's always very up to date with exactly what's the best thing. It's very interesting that he's taken on Twitter overall or even considered it because I saw that as a channel social media wise that was dead yeah you know or or definitely way less interest than the other ones the other ones that are expanding and changing and new ones you know you have the likes of TikTok coming on and mm -hmm. those seemed a little bit more progressive and he's very progressive in what he creates how he works himself overall um so yeah, I, f I find that like a strange kind of side or back step almost. I don't, no, I actually disagree because I think... Do you not? Well, well, because it's the same as him going in, you know, it's the same. It, it's a question of what market are you going to go into? Are you going to go into a market that you can have a big impact and change a lot or into a market that's difficult to change because there's a lot of innovation? You know, it's a, mm. if you look at Tesla, for example, he went into the electric market because no one was bothered with that. You know, it was a market that was wide open for him. Yes, he, you know, he brought us something new. He, he actually spearheaded the electric, uh, uh, the electric vehicle market. But if he had gone into normal cars, yeah, he wouldn't have been what he is. So I actually liken Twitter a lot to Tesla because, again, it is a part of the social media marketplace that, like you said, doesn't see innovation. They just let it do what it does. There's not continuous change. There's, it's just like it's, it's exactly how it was when it started. There's nothing changed. So for him... There's the opportunity for him to actually do something, change something and create something unique and new out of it. So I actually believe, you know, hey, the best businessman is to find where is that, you know, where is the where can I have the most impact and, 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 and provide the most growth. Right. So if you take Instagram, yeah. How much growth can you still add to Instagram? It's continually growing. You know, in the end, he's thinking about his money. So his shares. Right. He wants to he wants to go in, do something, uh, uh, raise the price of this product and then get the fuck out, let's say. And, yeah. you know, I think that's poss more possible with Twitter than, like you say, any other channel that's out there. It's interesting because I always see Twitter as more of like a news side of things. So mm -hmm. maybe he's like thinking he can become a media mogul, you know, like yeah. 
yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that definitely would be a main incentive for him. Um, yeah. And with, you know, if you can get involved in media, you can change so many things. So think of all the power that comes with that as well. Like, mm -hmm. if you can change the way that people think, you can change anything in this world. No, exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I also don't know what's going to happen. Is he going to pull out or is he going to continue along the way? Let's see. I think he's just manipulating the market to his advantage and then he can probably get it for a lower price. But that's my thinking. <laughs> but I'm but I'm not a I'm not a financial advisor. So it's just purely a personal thought of that. But uh, yeah. So we have the Twitter drama. And then on the same front, we now have, of course, Netflix with uh, their ongoing drama this week. So you know, on Wednesday, uh, May 11th, uh, uh, you know, Disney announced that they had uh, that they added almost 8 million new subscribers to uh, Disney Plus. Uh, whilst, of course, you know, we know earlier this week and last week, uh, all the news about uh, Netflix uh, struggles and how they, um, you know, have basically lost 2,000, uh, sorry, 2,000, 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter of 2022, which just basically, you know, plummeting their shares just being you know their share prices plummeting i think what was it november 2021 it was around 700 and now you know today it's it's at one 190 so like a 70 percent drop wow. in just about you know six months you could say so that's just you know so so i think netflix is scrambling and they're coming with all these different uh, uh things to kind of you know share, you know one is like the ad supported plan they're coming with they're talking mm. about, you know, fees to share your passwords. And I think yesterday even they announced that they now want to start live streaming comedy specials. So that's also <laughs> new. So, I mean, yeah, what's your thoughts about Netflix and their, and their kind of their um, troubles? Yeah, I feel like, I mean, at one point Netflix was everything, right? And now I mm -hmm. think everyone's taken that learning and, and moved on their, their progression with how they produce things, the the ways that they do stuff. I mean, I myself have Netflix, but it's probably the least channel that I subscribe to or the least kind of that side of things that I mm -hmm. subscribe to that I watch. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely watch HBO Max, but I think the yep. most, or YouTube Premium, I was saying about as well. Like I subscribe to YouTube Premium, which is just purely a youtube without ads and i can mm -hmm. get anything on there i find it really easy and it's brilliant so what, for me so what's your kind of youtube videos cats cats on youtube <laughs> what's what's what, what is it that princess you want to watch video. princess diana i was about to say what do you want to watch without the ads that is so good that you're going to pay for premium it's like i think for me as well like living in a different country as well there's yeah. so many british shows that i mm -hmm. can't get easily on a vpn or things from the past that I love to watch yeah, you know, yeah. things that I really really like and so watching the snippets and so on and then and then yeah, getting getting lost in the YouTube rabbit hole yeah I love that I think the ease mm -hmm. of it is just amazing yeah but I think HBO because it feels quite new for me mm -hmm. um that yeah it's a little bit trend worthy you know like there feels like some some really good production on there and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm kind of at this crossroads at the moment because I have Netflix, Disney plus HBO Max, uh, via play for Formula One. Uh, I have, um, uh, f uh, what else? Uh, I'm just trying to think. I have so much stuff. Uh, Apple Plus and all that stuff. And I'm really thinking I'm going to cross it because I have all these subscriptions. I'm thinking, why do I have these? It's because all of a sudden there's a show that I want to watch, right? So HBO Max. Oh, I want Euphoria. Um, okay, the price for HBO Max in Holland is not crazy. I think it's like I'm paying what, like like three, yeah, four like euros two, per month yeah, or whatever. So it's fine. So that I don't see. But, you know, the likes of Netflix being a 15, 15 euro, I'm thinking, actually, maybe what I should do from now on is is not focus on the on the, on the streaming uh, uh, streaming channel, but actually focus on what I want to watch and then just, you know, uh, get a month's subscription and then cancel it again, right? Because you can cancel all these subscriptions anytime and you can start again. So I'm thinking like, you know, once I finish watching Euphoria on HBO Max, I'm done with HBO Max, I'll cancel and then I'll start it up uh, in, in a few months. And so I think now it's not necessarily the channel that is leading, but it's more about the shows that they bring. So Apple Plus, why did I want to watch that? Because I wanted to watch uh, We Crash, which you still need mm. to watch, which is amazing, yeah, oh by my the God. way. That story I, is... 
everyone was saying about this yesterday as well. And I was like, oh, God, it's not just Maurice that's telling me to watch this. It's literally the entire world. It, it seems really great, actually. And apparently there's a podcast on it as yes, well. Yes, so, so basically that was based on a podcast that was made. Um, mm. uh, that's where the series was based on. And I have to say, yeah, I mean... Yeah, by watching it, it just, I mean, that's the thing. So the thing, so the question is, how much is fiction and reality? You don't know. I mean, I don't know. As long as I don't know Adam Newman and, and, his, and his wife, um, whatever, ugh, the name, you know, I, I don't know them personally. I can't be judged, but I'll judge them from what I've seen on the, on, on, on the Apple Plus uh, series. And I'm just thinking, wow, they were like hustlers. They're just like, you know, how far a story can get you well they can get you millions even billions right i think you know he's left yeah. he's well i mean maybe i shouldn't i mean do you know the full story of of of, of, of WeWork? I've, I've got the gist um <laughs> but no I, I don't know the full story don't ruin it for me or oh, anyone I, else I, 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 yeah i was about to say about the ending about how he <laughs> left and what he all got but it's just amazing it's it's just it's amazing to watch how someone for years can basically sell something purely through storytelling Mm. is in my viewpoint it's like yeah of course there was the product there but it was just continually you know it was it was bleeding money but through his storytelling and his passion he got people to continually believe in him and continue continually invest in it and you know i think yeah. he, he's laughing straight to the bank right now but you know there are a lot of employers or employees who are you know who basically were promised shares and have nothing i mean that's the worst of it all but you know. It's very interesting, that whole like that change from working in an office to going to a co-working space mm -hmm. um, and how much that was such a thing, you know, yeah. right at that point. It, it felt like a real opportunity that they took at the right time, definitely. I think now, though, I think things have changed a lot, right? Like work from home. Do we really want those co-working spaces? I don't know. Like, I, I'm a sole house member, and I probably work there once every two weeks. I think... You know, I'd much rather be at home, and yeah. I don't know if there's much of an appetite for it anymore. Well, I think those spaces, um, and maybe it's... And funny enough, I'm saying those spaces, because here in Holland, we have the... We have, we have kind of, like, it's called Spaces, which is, which is a WeWork-esque kind of space. It's about, you know... It, it, but, I, but the differentiation being... And that's also what WeWork also went into, to be honest is actually providing space for startups, right? So I think if you're able to provide the right space and, 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 and utilities for a startup that they can basically save on their rent and not have to pay the sky high rent, it could be in places like New York, LA, Amsterdam, London, and they aren't mm -hmm. paying, you know, they're, they're, they're paying one third or even lower than what they would pay if they would have to rent on their own. Yeah, I think that's still the win, right? You're still seeing a lot since the COVID started. You're seeing a you know, when, when, when the pandemic hit us, so many startups were started, right? Because people were just at home, people had lost jobs, people started their own startups. And I think this is an opportunity to not focus on the individual freelancer, but to focus on the startup businesses and offer them spaces for their employees. Because yes, you know, we all, we all want to come back. So I see that there's the opportunity still. Um, where that's going, yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, WeWork has been very, very quiet, you know, they, they, they went public. I don't think I even remember i i heard when they pulled the ipo but after that i didn't ever hear when they went public it's just like they just decided to go on the back burner so now i think there'll still be a need for the spaces more for startup culture uh, but not necessarily for individuals wanting a place to work like like yourself a freelancer exactly what's yeah. the difference between you know you have flexibility at home versus uh versus in, in a space like that for sure yeah that's so. true yeah, yeah. but just going back quickly to the uh, to, to Netflix, what what's your let me what's your thoughts on the ad uh, on the uh, ad uh, ad supported uh, uh, subscription? You think that's uh, you think that's gonna work? I think I I wouldn't you know even if you sold that to me as a way cheaper mm -hmm. subscription, I don't want ads anymore. Yeah. you know, like that's that's a reason why we don't watch live TV as mm -hmm. much. I can't remember the last time I watched live TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, No, I fully agree. Yeah, I, I really, I, th I don't think that will work for them. Are they no. definitely going to do this? Is this a thing? It's one of the things. What the, another part is also um, um, asking a fee for you to share your passwords. I really don't know how they're going to do that. That for me is just a how? weird one. I don't know. IP addresses, tracking, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Weird though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. Because I think everyone does that, right? Every single person shares a password with a partner, a parent, uh, you know, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who's not doing that? Yeah. It's a bit weird if you don't, you know? No, exactly. No, so, so I'm very curious how they're going to do that because, you know, if you share it with someone who uses an iPad to watch, how can you figure that out? Because that person's on the move. So, no, very yeah. weird. And then, and, 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 then, and then the last question, favorite show on Netflix right now? If we were to stick on Netflix, I know you talked about HBO uh, Max that you, you don't watch Netflix as much anymore. Not as much, no. The last thing I watched on Netflix, probably, that I really enjoyed. Um, I really like the abstract series that mm -hmm. they do. Have you watched this? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's, that's really well put together um, on different artists yeah. and designers. And that's really, really interesting. I do yeah. like the documentary style stuff they do. Good stuff. Um, I also love Chef's Table. And that's mm -hmm. on Netflix, right? Yeah, that's that was good. That's an incredible production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was good. And then, uh, yeah. and then Drive to Survive. Oh, Drive to Survive, yeah. <laughs> of course. Why did so, I forget? <laughs> so that's also kind of a secret between us. I think, you know, Emma and myself were both uh, fans of, of a certain driver, uh, a Lewis Hamilton. So oh, he's, uh, the best. What a man. <laughs> so, what a man, what emotion, what a yeah. driver, everything. Yeah, Love yeah, him. Yeah, you missed the, you, you told me you didn't watch the Miami, um, the Miami yeah. uh, Formula One. That was a show, so basically, Everything else but the whole race was a show. I mean, the you know the the winners, the 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 the, the first, second, and third place winners came out with uh, with um, uh, NFL uh, football helmets on. It was just crazy. It was kind of like, okay, where is this going? Uh, so that was quite <laughs> weird. But no, but but Hamilton, yeah, he's struggling this year, unfortunately. So uh, yeah, it's a shame. Our man's not. He's not up to scratch as much, but. He's well, done so much in his life and he's yeah. achieved so many things. Mm -hmm. No, I think, yeah, no, for me, he's more, I mean, look, he's, he wants to get his, his eighth title probably and then retire. That's what he hoped to get this year, but the car isn't up to scratch. Uh, but, you know, he is busy with his career outside of, outside of Formula One. For me, you know, he's maybe one, if not the only driver who has a career outside of Formula One. You know, I can't think of any other driver at the moment in the field uh, who, yeah, who has, who has potential to be more than just a Formula One driver when they retire. I mean, you... Yeah, I mean, he's done so many amazing things. You know, like one of my favorite things that he did was at the Met Gala. Mm -hmm. um, was it, to, I mean, it was a little while ago now, but- 2021, I think it was. I think, yeah, it must have been. He basically, he bought a table at the Met Gala, which is like, I mean, I know it's pocket change for him, but like $300,000 mm -hmm. just for a table, $30,000 for a ticket. And he bought a table and tickets for upcoming black designers. Um, yeah. It's an incredible achievement for them to get there. It's incredible exposure. The networking opportunities are amazing for these people. And he'd really experienced that in his own life, how, you know, he wasn't like all the other guys from Formula One who'd been given everything on a plate, had had this kind of upbringing that was just everything there for the taking. You know, yeah. he worked yeah. really, really hard for that. And his family did as well. And I think he really is a person that shows that he understands what hard work really is and what difficulties come when you're not the elitist people no, around exactly. you yeah with exactly. all the opportunities and the fact that he could do that at the Met Gala I just think that's amazing like to think that he would have a ticket himself and just enjoy it after everything he's done and achieved and worked for to give that to some other young black designers who would otherwise never be seen mm -hmm. you know never be heard have mm -hmm zero exposure and, and would climb and climb and climb and it yep. would still be really difficult along the way. I mean, he just, we love him, I know, <laughs> but like I, no, I, yeah. I just keep over these things that I hear when he does this stuff. I'm like, God, yeah. you're a mini Princess Diana, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton. No, I mean, for, for, for me, you know, for, for me, I was always a fan of him from the moment he started racing. Um, I mean, to be open, that's 
partly due to the fact that he's also of mixed race, uh, 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 black and white, just like myself. And therefore, you know, you look at others who are inspiration to you. And for me, that that, that was him joining Formula One. I, I like Formula One. I like watching it. But then once I saw someone like me, you know, in, uh, you know, racing, then it was like, oh, wow. And, you know, I was a number one fan from the start, always supporting him. And I always will, even at the where he is now. Here in Holland, for example, I have a lot of friends who are saying, why are you supporting him? You should support Max. You're Dutch. I'm yeah, like, and, and I'm course, like, right? and, I'm like, and I'm like, I'm not going to change purely because there's a Dutch guy racing. You know, I supported him, you know, when he started, uh, you know, so it was eight. You better not. That's, you better not. <laughs> when he, stayed, when he started eight, eight, nine years ago, I started supporting him and I will never stop because, you know, he's an inspiration to me of someone of, 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 of mixed race and of color. And also what he's done, you know, he's, you know, the only reason Formula One you know, um, <clears throat> did the whole no to racism and supporting, you know, those things. I think that's that's purely him. He did all that. Right. And, and yeah. you know, he's also within Formula One still trying to break the um, gender and, 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 and color barrier, you know, in, in, in that elitist sport, which it is. And I think, you know, I, I really look to him and I just and to me, he's also an inspiration of his creative mind. You know, the fact that he can, you know, on the Sunday race you know for, for for two hours and be in that mode and then the next day he's busy thinking about fashion i mean that's yeah. that's a, that's a pure creative brain is creativity to drive the car the way it is and the way you do it and and then the next day you know busy with fashion and, and other things and for me you know that 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 is just what he's what he brought you know like you said to the met what he did at the met gala he didn't have to right and that's i think you know great with with, with, with the Met Gala being a platform also for uh, statements, right? I think we were talking about it previously about other, you know, all these different statements that came about in the Met Gala. So, um, you know, and, and, and you mentioned a few of them. Uh, the, which ones were they again? That the Met Gala that you saw in the past that were quite, that were great statements? Yeah, so, I mean, it's always been like, it's a very interesting platform again. And I suppose that it kind of ties with how we were talking about Twitter and how that's like a, a big, huge platform where you can make it very newsworthy. You kind of condition what you say and how you say it. But this is very interesting with the Met Gala as well, because it's often seen, you know, it's the first Monday in May. It's very like fashion, not low culture, but kind of lower tier focuses. So people are always, you know, oh, what designers dressed to, who was there? What do their bodies look like? Mm -hmm. Who are they with? Mm -hmm. You know, all these kind of like materialistic, not as impactful or societal interesting things. Yep. But actually a, a lot of people and mostly of recent as well have really used this as a platform to push their opinions or kind of challenge society on stuff that has been a very interesting talk, talking topic and give their view on it or also encourage a lot of conversation around it because they know that the Met Gala the next day is gonna be the topic of conversation, whether it is about who wore who, mm -hmm. who was there, who yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. there, what happened, all those kind of typical things. Yeah. There's been, you know, there's been the themes that they have. So I think one year it was uh, like a, a theme around Catholicism, mm -hmm. which traditionally is, you know, being a Catholic is, and most religions historically are against gay marriage or being gay entirely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's been when when the theme was around that, um, it was very interesting because the actual theme was heavenly bodies fashion and the uh, the catholic imagination that was in 2018 at the met mm -hmm. so that is a very interesting topic to interpret through what you wear and what you want to say through that so it's been a very easy but interesting way of interpreting it uh, interpreting it so lena waith i don't know if you know her she's like a Yep. I, I really like her. She's a producer, uh, artist, writer, um, well, actress. Yeah. Um, she went to that theme and wore almost like pretty much a Catholic Pope cloak, but with the gay pride flag yep. all over it. So I just think that's a big, very interesting way of interpreting that theme. 
Um, and then again, like obviously making people think about it, maybe making people talk about it based on what you wear without saying a word. You don't have to say anything, mm -hmm. you know, that, that speaks for itself, which is really interesting. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's also, yeah, like there's, there's been loads of things through time. So like Alexandra Cortez, um, now a politician and activist, uh, she wore that dress, this beautiful gown that over the back of it said tax the rich, yeah. which was a very interesting way of showing a, a, a charity at the time that was up and coming and really trying to push through. A friend of hers, and I've, I've been told that they're really, they've, they've known each other for years and they really support and, and help each other as women in, in whatever they're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. Her name's Aurora. Yeah. And she's the designer of the dress. And she took on a charity that basically, um, you know, 15% of the population are black. I thought more, but yeah. 15%. That's crazy. So this, this charity works to give 15% of shelf space, always at least 15% in shops and, and kind of allow that black... Um, community to have their space right yeah, yeah i was very shocked by that as well 15 percent. i did i definitely didn't think that was right that I, seems way too low to me. no i think yeah for the u.s like 15 percent. i wouldn't think that either i, I would think it no. was higher so that's weird yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but yeah so this this whole like tax the rich was that's that's part of that charity so that was her way of portraying and pushing that in the media i mean the media exposure and value that comes off the back of that is in incredible. If you can get someone to speak about something based on what you've worn at this global event, you know, everyone's going to be talking about exactly, it. Exactly, so. exactly. And I think looking at this year, I don't think there weren't as many, I would say, p statement pieces, funny enough. It was quite funny. It wasn't as, 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 as the examples you give. I don't think this year a lot came forward. It was, it was more about um, how people kind of misinterpreted the theme. <laughs> I mean, for me, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, I mean, we we've also discussed this as like you know the Blake Lively dress, but everybody talks about that. That was such a that was such a winner for everyone. I think just also an explanation of the dress, but also just the way it looked and the way she just brought it to the uh, brought it to the um, how do you say brought brought it to the red carpet, and of course, just just that wow moment. And then and, and there's you know there were other ones like. Um, uh, uh, the Kardashian uh, uh, sister, what's her name again? Um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You, you you know this better than me because you're all you're <laughs> you're full on Kardashian. Uh, <laughs> this is why I think Disney Plus is skyrocketed because <laughs> the Kardashians have gone on their mo. That's what it is. It's like it's it's everything. I'm a slave to that oh, as well. Man. I used to I used to hate all of that stuff, but yeah. I love the Kardashians now. I'm obsessed with it. They were the people that I was looking to at the Met Gala, mm -hmm. thinking I can't wait to see what they're wearing. Mm -hmm. You know. And and were you um, happy with it? Well, I mean, that, well, that, obviously wore the Marilyn Monroe dress. Yeah. Right. I wasn't the a big actual... fan of that. I was not a big fan of that. For me, it was it was. It just felt. It just didn't feel right. I don't know. It just didn't feel like she was she trying to be Marilyn Monroe and it just didn't work, you know, it's, it's just no, I, it just didn't work for me. I don't know why. It just didn't look right. Yeah, I mean, the, the theme was gilded glamour, right? Which, yeah. I mean, it's very glamorous, um, but I feel like she could have done something so much more impressive mm -hmm. rather than wear someone else's dress, you know, yeah, like exactly. this whole interpreting, like in interpreting a theme through something you create is quite nice. Mm -hmm. Not something that you use again from someone else, you know, who's, who's not even here now. And I get the, the whole impact that comes with wearing that dress, everything that happened in that dress. I think she sang happy birthday to the president in that dress. That's yeah. the exact one. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It just, it just feels a little bit, What's it's, like, it's not it's not very creative she, exciting yeah. disruptive it's just using someone she, else's from she, the past she's doing it for the she's doing it for the likes if you want to put it that way or for the you know for the for the press and and and, and also what, what i understood is that they you know that they've also taken the original dress and kind of altered it did some alterations yeah. to, to to fit her and i mean really some some historical 
piece like that to bring alterations again i'm not a super fan of that and you know no that, yeah so i think that was from my point it was a miss to be honest i i just don't know it didn't work for me and i think she even blonde she even blonded her hair to even try and be a bit more marilyn monroe yeah and then also her sister i don't know a baseball cap and a uh, wedding kylie. gown kylie a baseball <laughs> cap and a wedding gown also not really is i'm it not super off fan white, of that I... off-white can get away with it right off-white can, off-white get... can do whatever they want <sighs> but there were loads of memes that came out of um you know as, as like working on a brand we were initially thinking okay met gala it's one of our like meme opportunities or like at least a talking topic mm-hmm. um but there were some really harsh ones about kylie with hers like i didn't I, people were saying it looked like a like no wonder you were jilted in that wedding gown you know like baseball cap it was it was very strange but it was also very off-white and i think yeah but i think just, she did better than kim oh, right oh, even though kim slightly was. slightly better slightly better i'm not i don't know <laughs> I don't know. I think in pretense. <laughs> yeah. I think if you're, do you know what it is? I'm comparing it against uh, Blake uh, Lively and her dress, oh. and that's just you know. Then you're just like, oh, nah, you know, it doesn't work for me. She's amazing. So you know, she. Um, it was really actually quite funny seeing Ryan Reynolds' reaction. Did mm-hmm. you see that video when yeah, he yeah. saw her? Yeah, 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 yeah. His face was just like I think he just said, "Wow," yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like really. I think we. It's, it's I think we all said "Wow" at that moment. So that was. Yeah. Funny. So that I think, so I, you know, so going from, you know, uh, one lady or ladies and, oh, well, actually, to be honest, and, and, and this is also another, uh, another disappointment, disappointment on my front is, um, is all the men, most of the men, not all of them. You, you had a few that actually did go the extra mile when it came to, you know, um, uh, coming with a great outfit to fit the theme. Just all these men felt that Gilded Glamour meant putting on a, a penguin suit. And uh, yeah, you know, that, yeah. that just, you know, is a disappointment. I think, I, you know, I look back to 2021 with Lewis Hamilton, what he was wearing, which was just amazing. You know, it really yeah. was just a statement piece. We're bound to think that though, Mo, right? <laughs> I mean, he could do anything and we would still love him. Well, he just, could do but, you know, anything. Yeah, but I think a lot of the men this year, you know, kind of took a back seat and, and didn't, didn't go the extra mile, unfortunately. I think there's a lot... A lot of possibility there you know so i think yeah. that, that, that that is another i just had to bring that up that it just that was a disappointment for me as well you know that i that there wasn't a lot of that but um you know going from um from the med gala and glamour i think it's time to talk about you know the other uh glamorous lady that 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 you've had uh, uh, i mean is obsession the right word or or is it more obsession just a love or what would you okay an obsession for uh, uh, the late, oh my the late Princess Diana. I think you know. Why don't you quickly let us know kind of where this obsession started and why, why, why it's there? It's always been there. Um, I feel a very strong affiliation and connection with her, and I always have. And I think she's one of those people that you know have been like a bit of an outcast in their scenario, and so really hard you know she's the the people's princess people love her they've always loved her I adore her but there's a lot of things that she took a stand on against protocols against rules and there's also an awful lot of rules when you become a princess mm-hmm. um, so like for example you know I can think of I can go through these for days but I'll just try and do just a few um but i think these are really impactful things that she made decisions on herself as a princess so you know for example there was a really famous photo of princess diana with um her sons at alton towers this uh, theme park that we have in in the uk where she's like coming down this log flume and everyone's seen this like it's 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 the most beautiful picture of her with her sons imp- and just very organic yeah. Yeah, and natural. it's imprinted in my head as well yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. see and you're not yeah. even obsessed mm-hmm. but you know that photo you know i you like her right <laughs> no i like yeah. her you 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 might make me obsessed with with your whole <laughs> okay <laughs> so she so obviously this you know this is a theme park where they have like three four hour lines yeah. and everyone knows it for that it's always going to be that so she turned up with her two sons, who are now the princes, um, William and Harry, and they must have been, I don't know, 10 max. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the owner of Alton Towers came straight up to her and said, 
Oh my goodness, Princess Diana, go straight to the front. Please take your sons. You can go as many times as you like. You don't have to wait in line for anything. And she actually took the boys to the back of the queue mm. and said, no, now you, you must engage and, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. have some conversation and socialize around. And this is yeah. what people have to do. They have to wait. And you are very privileged in your life that you're being offered not to. But I think this principle went throughout their lives. Mm -hmm. So you definitely see it now. Like they really appreciate things and and they're just they're great characters in, in the ways that we can see them being themselves as well. Mm -hmm. Like but she also did quite a few sassy things that I think are quite interesting as well. So one of them, you know, with her wedding vows, she she admitted the word obey. So she wouldn't say I will obey my husband within the vows. And people don't often do that in the regular world, let alone in the royal regal sense. Mm -hmm. um, mm. Yeah, and then, you know, her, her boys were the, the first ever royals to go to a regular school, you know, and, and get good education. And that's obviously been very important for her. You know, she was a nursery nurse and understood the value in education, and but also the value in socializing yeah. and being around yeah, yeah, people yeah, yeah. so yeah. royals are normally in the uk at least taken behind palace walls they have tutors expert people that come in and and do these teachings but then with them they went to a normal school it's really important for her to integrate them and and educate them socially as well because that's something they just don't really get yeah but you see that a lot um, in her son's kind of yeah, she was the first royal to have a paying job as well yeah, you know yeah, like yeah, these yeah. things just didn't happen yeah no but you see that a lot of course in her sons now and and and, and would you say harry or um mm. or um or william which one's more like her I think I would have to say, if I had to choose, I would say they definitely both have qualities of hers, but yeah. I would say Harry is a little bit more disruptive mm -hmm. um, in the way that she was towards the family and, and the whole archaic ruling and everything that goes along with it. I think he definitely has that little bit of sass that I spoke about. You know, obviously he's he's away from the family now and that's a bit controversial and I think... British people are overall quite upset by that. And why would, um, and why, but it also and, feels but, very but, Diana, you know? But why are they upset about that? Because, you know, he's, he's leaving his duties. People feel like they own okay. the, royals, the royals, which yeah, is, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. awful. They're, they're a person, they're a human, you know? They, and he saw what happened to his mother. He was so young. You know, she was basically killed by the press and, and the impact of how she had to live her life. And I know mm -hmm. that she courted the press yeah. as well and definitely used it to her advantage in life, but ultimately it was what ended up killing her. Um, and he'd started to see that with his wife and there was no way that he was gonna let history repeat itself yeah. on someone else. And I think he knew that his mum wouldn't want that either, you know, like that's, it's an awful thing to experience even once, let alone start to see it happen twice. And mm -hmm. it's also happened with William as well, with Kate. There were, I think they were on holiday once in France and she was sunbathing topless and there were like photographers taking pictures and plastering all over the French newspapers. And then obviously that expanded and went global. I mean, like these, these people are not ours to judge, you know, they're humans. And I think... Yeah. But like that, lots of British people are really annoyed by Meghan getting involved, taking him away, being American. Everyone else is British in the family. Like, I mean, it's it's sad. It's a human. He needs to live his life, mm -hmm. and he has every right to. Yeah, you know? but I I, th I think yeah, I think the British, but I think the monarchy in England or or in the United Kingdom, and it's in the name Kingdom, right? I think it's such a. It's such, it, it's so much more of value and importance than, I mean, if it compared to here in Holland with our, with our, with our royal family, they, yeah, 
I mean, you know, the the king hasn't had such low ratings ever. It's because he kind of was going off on vacation during COVID when no one could. But that, you know, people weren't happy about that. But the Dutch are very, you know, the but Dutch. That happens in the UK as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Dutch are not, you know, the the Dutch are not your friends when it comes to stuff like that. We do things that they're not allowed. But here, they're very, they're a lot more down to earth. I would say, very normal. It's 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 not true. It, you know, it's not as ingrained they're more just there for the ceremonial bits where i think in england even though it's ceremonial they're still a bit more present uh, i think you know and very much down to with the people like uh, you know a story you know i had a few years ago before before the king uh, uh, w w king king willem william willem uh, married maxima uh, mm -hmm. you know they were still dating and i kind of bumped into her on the shopping street here when i was in the hague and I was it's with, crazy I was, that that can happen. I was with my head down, and I, then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I almost bumped into these group of ladies, and they were just laughing, like, oh, sorry, no, sorry, sorry, and they just passed by. And, I, and then I just like, wait a minute, I know her. And you're like, wait a minute, from, <laughs> from TV. And it, was, and it was, you know, our future queen that just was just walking around. Of course, there were the security guards walking, you know, just around Insane. them. But it wasn't, you know. So that would never happen they in the UK. They, they, didn't, they didn't jump me or want to arrest me. It was just like they're just walking down the street. And that's, you know, I think that's the difference. I think in Holland, you know, our royal family, and that's also the abdication, for example, that, you know, here, once, once the, uh, uh, the future king or queen is ready, the king or queen would abdicate and go go for pension literally that's what our queen beatrix who was very much loved did you know she just was like okay i'm done it's time for he's he has you know he has his family set up everything set up so now it's time for him to be king whilst in england now you know it's still you know uh queen elizabeth who unfortunately missed the missed the uh, part the kind of the thing in the parliament this week but she did make it to see her horses uh, gallop uh, yeah. uh, on uh, friday so she did make a that a lot of people are saying <laughs> a lot of people saying um uh, this is like calling in sick to work and going to pub on the evening yes. you know like it's yeah. crazy yeah she she looks so um, happy and I, I don't know why she's done that <laughs> why has she done that she knows how the press works she's been through it enough times well, she's, What's she doing? She's either saying, you know what, I'm done with this gig. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm almost out. So I'm going to just, you know, enjoy my Everyone life. Everyone else retires at, what, yeah. 65? Yeah. I'm, I'm 90. What is she, like 97, 97 I think? 97, exactly. Yeah. No, but you know what it was? It's just like watching, you know, and, and I saw images and, 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 and video of her, you know, from the Range Rover looking at these horses. It was that 21-year-old, <laughs> it was that 21-year-old girl again who actually didn't live her you know her life in a sense right she, oh, she, yeah. she 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 had to become queen at 21 and therefore your your whole youth or, or your or your or your young adult life is stopped and she really you know did not you know look, look at charles 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 went crazy he's still going crazy i you know I'm, I'm, i don't know what your thoughts are on charles when we talk about diana oh, but, well, uh, i mean I, uh, I'm obviously not the biggest fan. I never will be. And I think I also stand with a lot of people in the UK. Everyone loved Princess Diana. And though, you know, they both had affairs. They were both very public mm -hmm. about that. There's one, another photo that really sticks in my head is the Vanity Fair dinner mm -hmm. where, you know, royal protocol, they have to wear dresses below the knee. They can't wear colored nail varnish. They have to wear certain designers. Um, you know, everything has to be just so. And some of the rules don't even make sense. Like they have to wear, if they wear full black, then that's only for a funeral. Mm -hmm. They always have to have a color mm -hmm. implemented to their outfit. All these yep. kind of strange rules that are very constricting and keep you in a box, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So this Vanity Fair dinner, uh, Charles had announced that he'd been having an affair with Camilla, um, who he's now married to. I'm not the biggest fan, mm -hmm. let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, he'd announced it on live TV. So that night they went to the Vanity Fair dinner and Diana turned up in this incredible off the shoulder dress, high slit in the leg, like yeah. never mind the below the knee. It was yeah. absolutely like, I'm, I'm going way above the knee. <laughs> I'm doing everything above everything now. Yeah. And the fact that she wore a black dress for everyone who knew, because we just know this as British people, like they, you never see them in black. That's why you always see the queen in bright, vibrant colors. Or if they have black, then there's always some sort of color implemented. So that was basically, I feel, her way of saying, this is dead. 
you know yeah. i'm i'm here yeah. but i'm i am looking sexy at mm. my ex life and my ex husband and his mistress are going to be at this event and i'm i'm going to be black and mourn it but i'm going to look great you know dancing with john it's travolta over, Dan- but i look amazing dancing with, she, john yeah, she with john travolta yeah, 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 yeah. in front of them yeah. i mean amazing. is there a better way to mourn a situation like yeah, that but this is no this is where so. fashion is so important to be a statement piece right so so it really is it is so it's not only about saying it's it's a it's you know i think the biggest statements are always said when they're not being said when you it's mm. more in how you carry yourself or how you show yourself that is the biggest statement because you're not saying it so it's kind of like i'm you know i'm not gonna i'm, I'm not gonna stoop to your level but I am going to say something and I'm going to do it in a way that's going to be even more impactful. And that's what she did. And that's, you know, yeah. that's, that, that's, I mean, if you have to tell someone that you are something, that's usually because you aren't, Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, no. otherwise just show it. Exactly. So. And then uh, you also told me, um, so if people really want to get to know Lady Diana, I mean, uh, uh, they, you know, there, there's this podcast, right, that you're listening to that you told me that I should listen yeah. to. I, I wasn't, yes. I, I need to get into it. I was a bit surprised. I was expecting, you know, kind of your, your narr- narration in there and with an English accent, but it was an American accent. I had to get used to it. But uh, yeah, there's, there's this podcast uh, when Diana met, you know, and uh, it's, it's from CNN and it's on, it's, it's on Spotify and all other channels. But uh, yeah, yeah why, why should we I listen really... to it? Because it's it's very much like an in-depth, it's people who met her during, I mean, it's called When Diana Met. So they basically take uh, everyone from her hairdresser to, um, you know, the woman that designed her wedding dress, Mm -hmm. these people and how they interacted with her organically, how they met her. And it's, yeah, it's, it's really, really great. I would definitely recommend it to everyone. I love it. Yeah. And there's one, even if you're not interested or you want to learn. Yeah. There's some really yeah. interesting anecdotes and stories about people and, yeah. and it, community. He told me about that one story That's, where, you know, where where she has a conversation with the uh, CEO of Harlem Hospital, which is a black woman. And it's where Diana hugged that uh, that that orphan child. Right. With the with the HIV, yeah. with the AIDS. And, uh, yeah. and that was an iconic moment again that she really made, you know, brought change. Right. Yeah, this, I mean, this is amazing. Like, throughout this podcast, they talk quite deeply about um, how a lot of uh, black culture and, and how people see and are seen um, within that community, how they felt really affiliated with Princess Diana, because in the podcast, they speak to people who knew her really well, like I was saying, her hairdresser, mm-hmm. her designer, all that kind of stuff. But then they also speak to people like myself who are a bit obsessed um, who hadn't met her, mm-hmm. you know, but this woman, um, uh, I think it's in the episode, The People, and when Diana met the people, mm-hmm. um, is that episode, she speaks about how, you know, in black culture, you would, uh, particularly in black culture, I think my parents kind of had a, a, a side of this as well, but yeah. you have aunties mm-hmm. who are not your aunties. Mm-hmm. They're not not blood aunties, no, right? Exactly. But they're very close female figures in the family, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. No, I have the same. Growing up in Nigeria, it was exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and they, they speak about this, and then the woman who hosts it is black as well, and she speaks about how every black mother just basically sees Princess Diana as one of the aunties, mm-hmm. and then the children are kind of brought up to feel this way as well, and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's... It's really interesting how someone who, you know, comes from a different culture is kind of very elitist in this like sense of perception of a person like being a royal and everything else. And yet how that can affiliate with so many different communities, but particularly with the black community, it was really interesting. Yeah. And I, I would definitely urge everyone to listen to cool. that episode. Definitely. The, the people one is really great. Oh, nice. Cool. No, that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to listen to it. Um, I've also heard about the hashtag FUCC, which... which, uh, which, yeah. uh, which <laughs> also a very good lookout. So Princess Diana tips here, <clears throat> a modern day interpretations of the princess. Um, yeah, there's a Instagram account called um, Lady Di Revenge Looks, and it's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's uh, just 
I mean, the, the Vanity Fair one is just tip of the iceberg. There's so many great outfits and she does fantastic captions. And the hashtag that she uses is F-U-C-C, which stands for F-U, Charles and Camilla. Mm -hmm. so. Uh, so you're standing behind that now. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I wish I would have created this account. It's incredible. I don't know how I didn't do it. I'm so jealous. Oh, cool. I would have started this and she's written a book now. She just released a book oh, on wow. it, this girl. Oh, perfect. Um, oh, nice. So, yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, we've come to the end of the show, um, or the show of the podcast. I think we could go on for hours, and, 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 and I hope next week that we can continue this tradition of talking through, through the week and what's happened. Um, what are you looking forward to, or what are you curious about this coming week, uh, Emma? What are, your, what are your thoughts about this coming week? Well, now that you've introduced me to this Elon Musk stuff, I'm definitely interested in seeing where that goes. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and I think Eurovision happened yesterday, right? <laughs> yeah, Let's see, true. see if there was anything interesting from that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, other than that, I think those those are my two kind of main mm -hmm. focuses or cool. like lookouts. Um, yeah. Oh, nice. No, I, yeah, let's see. Yeah, let's no, see. I have the same thing. I'm curious what's going to continue with the Twitter drama. Uh, yeah, mm. I mean, the Eurovision happened last night. Uh, Ukraine won, which maybe we can discuss yeah. that. Maybe we can discuss next week about why did they actually win. That'll be win. interesting, yeah. Yes, maybe we should just, you know, delve into it and have a discussion next week about, about, the, about this and our thoughts behind that. I mean, you know, very quickly, yeah, they won. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's a statement, like we said. It's a statement piece more than that. Um, so, uh, no, but thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this Thank podcast you. and uh, enjoyed hosting it, co-hosting it as well. <laughs> no, I loved it. Thank you so much. It's nice because this is the first time that I've done anything like this and I love this conversation. I'm mm -hmm. a communications consultant, right? Perfect. So this is communicating at its best. So this is uh, yeah, yeah. very nice oh, for me. Perfect. Thank you. No worries. No, thanks a lot. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and let's see, or let's, let's try and keep this up uh, for the coming weeks. So, everyone listening yeah. thanks a lot for joining uh, this episode i hope you enjoyed it and uh, we shall speak to you or we shall have conversations over the weeks that you'll listen to so thank you very much all for listening thank you thanks